You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 451. Come on, Apple. We want stuff. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome everyone to the MyMac.com podcast. This is 451, which has absolutely zero significance as far as numbers or anniversaries. It's 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 just another number. And no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. It's n- it's oh, not. Fahrenheit 451. Uh, well, you, there is that. But if you add four and five and one, what do you get? You get <gasps> ten. Yeah, that's as a good number. OS X. No, I mean OS ten. I was ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah. you're you're thinking that that Apple Apple needs to give us some stuff. Well, it it, it our podcast number adds up to ten. The next one will be eleven. So give us something yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because, why even why even know, bother with the whole with, uh, the whole sequence of Apple delivering goods to the people of this planet comes is derived from our sequence of episode numbers. <laughs> and you know what else, Gaz? All right, what? now think about this. Go on. 451, all added up, equals 10. Mm-hmm. Add that to OS 10, and you mm-hmm. get 20. <laughs> yeah. Go no, on. that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> I was with you up until adding another 10. Well, you see, I had to make it sound like I, I had something really amazing and fantastic when, you know, after three years, you probably should have known that I had nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like you're having a, um, a crazy next few weeks. Uh, well, I, well, we're having a crazy, but actually for the next, oh, all right, hold on, hold on. Okay. <laughs> Not this week, but next week we have a very special guest. And we, I, we do. I, yeah, we don't want to say who that is yet. No, because he might not turn up. Right, right. <laughs> The week after that, well, would you? No. No, see? So the week after that, um, we have somebody else showing up. And then two weeks after today, uh, we have another person showing up, but that's going to help me because somebody else won't be here. Is that me? Yeah. Ah. According according to your to the, my, my calendar. Your, <laughs> my, and that was the only reason why I brought it up, because I was looking at something on the calendar. It was like... Oh. Does does that add up add up to ten? No, actually, it adds up to twenty one. Oh. <laughs> one more than than ten plus OS. Okay, oh, no, okay. yeah, no, uh, let's leave it. Let's leave it. It ain't working. It no, ain't it's working. Not. So for like the next, um, not this week, of course, but the next three weeks after that, uh, we're we're gonna have guests on, and that's actually kind of odd because uh, we you know we probably should have guests more on more often, but over the last year or so, we really haven't. Yeah, that's the way it goes. You know, things happen, things change, things move on, things come back. You know, yeah. just think of just think of all those mini skirts in the sixties. They came back. Oh, thank you, F- flares. Thank, thank God you. they. Ooh. Thank God they haven't come back. Yeah, <laughs> but why are you still wearing them? Or those anyway. those those sneakers that that have like checkerboards on them? They haven't come yeah. back. No, that's good. That's yeah, good. that is good. Bumpers. The bumpers came back. <laughs> bumpers never went away. <laughs> Oh, and I don't have any bumpers and soundboards, so I can't play. I should I should uh, have like a, a a cart with nothing but some of the best bumpers. Just, you should, you should. But I don't. But I don't. So what's this? Is green. Spectrum is green. <laughs> so what have you got going on uh, this week? Now we're actually recording a little bit later than normally, and I just uh, no, keep no, talking no, when, no, when, no, when it's your no, turn. No, 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 no. Actually, we're recording earlier than normally. We're just recording later on in the day. Oh, that okay. We do That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Not that the listeners really care. No, no. Because I'd... they get the podcast when they want to listen to the podcast. Yeah. Anyway, no, it's been pretty quiet for me this week, but I have been playing Real Racing 3 far, far, far too much, as some of our um, podcasting friends would probably tell you. Uh, I'm still enjoying the game. 
Um, cause I think I had it as a pick of the week a few, uh, yeah, few a couple weeks, of weeks ago. And, uh, I'm still enjoying the game. I still haven't spent a penny. It's actually starting to make me feel a little bit guilty, but as it's EA games, hey, they give tough. It. <laughs> tough. That, that, that'll help make up for, uh, all the problems they had with, uh, SimCity. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Put that yeah. in your pipe and yeah, screw it. EA. 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 Yeah, but I can I can actually get uh, I get kind of get a feeling that I'm starting to get to a point where I think, oh, uh, if I can't get enough money, make enough money by racing to get that really nice car, I might just have to spend it. But no, so far I've I've hung back. I've not spent any money on it. So there you go. Well, you know, and, you know, it's not going to last forever. No, nah, no, nah, that's right. I'll go on to another game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> As we said earlier, it's a late one tonight in so much as we are recording uh, much later in the evening than I would normally record. But that's because uh, my daughter was playing in a band uh, concert this evening and it went on a little later than anticipated. And um, yeah, I got back late. So tough on me, really. And the clocks go forward tonight. Or is that this morning? Because it'll be this morning for you in about 23 minutes. Well, yeah. Actually, well, no, it goes for, so you'll go, you'll go from really late at night to almost early in the morning. Yeah. You, you'll skip the whole 12 to 1 period because you'll just, now, you'll I just don't, go right I, to I don't 1 know, o'clock. I don't know about you guys, but actually over here, I was always told that we shouldn't actually change or the clocks don't actually change until 2 o'clock in the morning. And really? I don't know if that's right. Yeah, really. Really, I don't know if that's true or not. But I was always told, yes, your clocks shouldn't officially change until 2 o'clock in the morning. Now, nobody waits up until 2 o'clock in the morning to do no, that. No, no. Most, well, right. most people just kind okay. of get up most the next morning and say, okay, time to change all the clocks. Well, I've always been one a bit of a stickler for doing it the night before. So I've changed all my clocks already. So actually, it's really late for me now. So <laughs> it's after midnight. <laughs> but, but not really. But, you know what? I wish. I just wish, for the most part. Do you, do you remember when all that started? It was no, supposed no, to be. Guy, if I'm honest with you, I don't remember when all that started. Well, at least in the United States, it was started. I think it was under the Jimmy Carter administration, where it was supposed to save energy. And all it's does, all it's it really done is Jimmy is try Carter, my patience. Surely, it started before Jimmy Carter in the states. I. I don't think so. I, I'd have to. I'd have to look it up. And if I'm wrong, I'm sure somebody will send an email telling me you're wrong. But I, I think you are wrong. But anyway, that's that's by the boy. By the by. By the boy. By the boy. By the no 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 no. Oh. Um, mymac.com articles. Should we jump over there? Yeah, yeah, quickly before we bore the listeners rigid. Too well, late. We did it. We do that normally. <laughs> Too late. Yeah. Thunderbirds are, are gone. gone. Um, the first article is, it's a, it's the story behind the junior typer for iPad app by Donnie Yankelo. What does a father do when he can't find the app he wants for his child in the app store? Where there are three choices, pay someone to make it, make it himself, or forget it for now and hope somebody makes it. In Donnie's case, he attempted the second choice, and that decision was the start of junior typer. Now, um... For the people that that don't follow us on Facebook or the Google Plus community page for the MyMac.com podcast, uh, we have a very, very quick contest going on here, and it it involves some of the stuff that Yankee, Yankee Donalo has. (laughs) Donnie Yankelo. Yankee Donalo, my God. Donnie Yankelo has (laughs) over in the iTunes store. Uh, he's giving away two copies of the Junior Typer app for iOS and two copies of his uh, children's book, Pirate Source. And I've I've played promos. Actually, I made the promos uh, for his books uh, that you know we not only have been have been played here on the, the MyMac podcast, but a couple of the other Stoplight Network uh, podcasts have played it as well. Uh, that's so, only because you said you'd beat them up. They didn't. Well, yeah, but. I'd have to go and find them first, and I just don't have the time. So anyway, so here's how it's going to work. If you would like uh, a copy of uh, Donnie's book or the Junior Typer for iOS app, it's real simple. All you have to do is contact us either through email 
or through uh, either Facebook or the the uh, Google. Thank you, <laughs> Google Plus, my Mac Podcast Community. I don't know why I just blanked on Google. I was bitching what about a, him earlier. What about the Squawkers? The, Can they contact us? Yeah, anybody, anybody that, that that's interested in this app, we're, it, it's completely free. There's there's you know, and it's going to be name out of the hat kind of thing, and it's only going to run uh, this week and next week. So you have a very limited amount of time to get your name in for this. So, you know, please contact either Gaz or myself in the usual ways, and we will pick a winner for the, the two copies of the book and the two copies of the app. And that's from Donnie Yankelo, and it's going to be Pirate Source for the book and Junior Typer iOS app. Nice one. Thanks, Donnie. Um, Crockerpot. Yeah, yes. I was, I was hoping you'd respond in some uh, inane no, you, manner. You you didn't, you didn't okay. finish the title. Okay, Crockpot Recipes. This is an app, and it's a review from Elisa. You say Pacelli, and I say Pacelli. Hey, see, I was I was ready. I was I know, ready. Yeah, you're very good. You're getting very good at this podcasting, Lark. Oh, uh, only four hundred plus episodes. I should have it down <laughs> by now. In my house, when the smoke alarm goes off, it means. Mum's cooked dinner, and it's ready. Translation. She's a lousy cook. <laughs> but, ma- but making dinner is a necessary evil. Uh, Elisa can use the crock pot, but she only has two recipes. We can't live on beef stew and pulled pork for the rest of our lives, so she needed more crock pot recipes. Crock pot recipes app to the rescue. Crockpot Recipes app comes with 250 recipes covering appetizers to main dishes to desserts to stews and more. Each month, the app will remind you to download 10 free recipes for that month. Elisa gives it a MyMac.com review rating of 8 out of 10. Go clean, wholesome fun. Go (laughs) Crockpot. This is... Kind of a light week on on the website this week, which is probably good because we got lots of other stuff. Uh, the only other thing that that's there as we are recording this is Tech Fan Podcast number one one three. That's flashback. That's with ah ah. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> what, you just swallowed a fly? No, 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 no. Or did no. You I was just getting a bit of flashback. No, I, well, if I, if I was getting a flashback, this is what you'd hear. Uh, no, I was, I was, um, I was, I don't even remember what the hell I was. Never mind. It doesn't matter what I was doing. There. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any insanity in your family? Yeah, pretty much. Well, let's move on. <laughs> so that's uh, tech fan number 113 with, uh, with Tim and Dave. I haven't had a chance to listen to this yet. So not only am I making weird noises, but apparently I can't talk as well. Hmm. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing Alrighty. well. Alrighty. So, Gaz, will you take over, please? Okay. Um, we've had some feedback in the uh, Google Plus community. Uh, now, Troy Muller actually has put in, um, I think it's a MagSafe adapter. Now, I've not put this into the people's pick, Troy, because we've got some other people's picks. But this is a hardware people's pick. So it could be a new section, but probably not. <laughs> He, he Prob- says, probably this, not. Troy says, this looks handy for those with a newer MagSafe 2 MacBook. Um, this is a MagSafe adapter key ring for $23. Says, have a new MacBook? Here's a little tool to help you. Keep a MagSafe adapter on you at all times. So go over to the website. The uh, link should be in the, uh, the show notes. Uh, and take a look. See whether you need a MagSafe 2 adapter. Now, there was, you know, this is kind of based on our discussion last week about Quo computers. Yep. Uh, I had put a question in the G Plus community page asking uh, anyone if, if they had any questions they wanted to ask. And the first one up was also Troy Mueller, who asked, uh, how would we know that the next few versions of OS X would work with this computer? And the answer to that, basically, Troy, is uh, we don't. You know, even, even you know, I've I've got... I, I bought a, a 2006 Mac Pro with four cores and all the rest of that. Six months after I bought that Mac Pro, Apple came out with um, 
Mountain Lion, no, with Lion, was it Lion or Mountain Lion? No, it was Mountain Lion that would not work with that computer. And that computer cost me over $1,500. A year later, I bought one that was much newer, much faster for $550, and it works great. So I have no idea. You know, it, it's all it's all really a crapshoot. Will the next version of iOS uh, run reasonably well on an, an iPad 3 or an iPhone 4? You know, th- there's really no way to know until it's out there. So Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't guarantee that it'll run on uh, on Macs on Apple's own hardware. So yeah, yeah, much less somebody else's. Um, Joy also asks, um, is it just the array of hardware that makes this unique? So catering for the majority of hardware combinations, or is there something else clever that ensues it's compatible with any OS? And that is something I've got a feeling that uh, this is really going to be fairly Mac specific. But, uh, again, that's a good question, and uh, if we get him on, we'll ask that question. But I've got a feeling it's going to be pretty much Mac-specific. Yeah, um, a- actually, I didn't, I didn't put this in the, uh, the, the show notes, but I did get a response on Twitter from Rashantha asking you know, how, the, how the show went and what we talked about. And I, I basically replied to him and said that it was, you know, we didn't really talk about you know the specifics of the Quo computer hardware as much as we talked about the you know pros and cons of actually running something like a Hackintosh, and he uh, he sent me another tweet saying that he listened to it at three a.m. That's probably not a good time to listen to our podcast. <laughs> and he said that we hadn't talked about some of the key stuff like the UEFI, which is Universal. Um, uh, what is that EFI? Um, it, it, it's basically the the boot process from the yes. motherboard. Yes. Um, Thunderbolt it has Thunderbolt. It has FireWire four hundred, eight hundred, and that there wasn't anything else on it in the marketplace. And I, you know, and I kind of reminded him that that we weren't really speaking so much about Quo computers in particular as we were the the merits of running a machine like that. And he was he you know was I, I'm not quite sure where he was going, but he was he was like he understands that the technology itself is special, and that he he thought that we were going to go more about that on the podcast, and and what I told him was that you know you're not going to sell a lot of computers based on specs because no. typically no. Uh, Apple users aren't that interested in specs; they want to know how it runs. I said you have to get them from the heart, and. That's where you're going to be successful. That's why companies like uh, UMAX and Power Computing back in the day of clones did as well as they did. They weren't selling computers based on specs as compared to Apple computers as much as saying, okay, you know, here is another way to get the Mac that you love. And, you know, it's going to cost you a little bit less money, but, you know, it's, it's, it's the same kind of stuff, a little less money. Come on and give it a try. And, and that's, that's the kind of approach you have to take. You know, basically trying to go from specs. If you're trying to sell something to people based on specs, that's like, you know, the, the Microsoft PC compatible Android market. You know? It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just not going to happen. So. Yeah. You, um, you've got to sell it. you got to sell it based on, on, you know, what, that is going to be like hey, what people guy, have let's now. Let's be honest. You've got to sell it on good looks, honey. <laughs> well, these are good. Actually, honestly, <laughs> I don't know if you had a chance to look at them. No, I haven't. They are amazingly good-looking computers. But, you know, that's skin deep. And, I mean, I <laughs> I still haven't I still haven't had a chance to, to try one, and he hasn't given me a definitive uh, yes or no on sending me a review unit. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but you know, even if he doesn't send me one, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get all petty or anything, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because you, you'd never get, petty. no, I'm not like that at all. And I did, I swear I will find anybody that says I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just having a look at one now. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to say I don't want to say that one of them actually looks a bit like a um, a shredded machine, but it looks like a shredded machine. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Well, I thought that um, looked pretty cool myself, but anyway, <laughs> uh, like Peter Bird. <laughs> Peter Bird writes that uh, he actually thinks that that unless it becomes a problem, that he thinks Apple will leave it alone. But then again, they may not tolerate it 
like they did the Hackintoshes. And Peter, I don't know if it's so much that they tolerated Hackintoshes. It's that they couldn't really do anything to stop them because they weren't violating any of any of Apple's trademarks. They weren't violating any of their patents. So, you know, they're they're selling basic PC hardware that you can put OS ten on. And, you know, it's up to the individual users to manipulate the uh, the operating system to make it work on that stuff. So the the people that actually wrote the software or sold the hardware weren't really doing anything against the law. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's my take. <laughs> and we got another note from Troy. It actually says, now, if you could put Mac OS ten on a Raspberry Pi, mmm, mm. Apple and Raspberry Pi. It's like warm apple pie. I'm the, okay, not even going there either. Uh, some people will get that reference. Some people won't. Uh, we have some audio feedback this week. Can you believe it? We don't. You're we, kidding me. No, you're, no, no. We you're, do. you're pulling my leg, aren't you? No. As ma- I can prove it. Here it is. Okay. Yeah, guy, here's that song clip that I uh, had for you on um, Not Another Mac podcast the other day. Ah! I don't want a podcast. I don't want a podcast. Ah! <laughs> Hope that works. Thanks. Isn't this cool? That was that was Mike McPeak, and um, uh, I was we, I had I went on the uh, Not Another Mac podcast. I think it was show ninety seven, and um, we got to the part where we were giving out all of our contact information. And I, you know, I gave my email address and I gave my Twitter address, and without even thinking, I went whack. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew nobody else was going to do it, so I had to do it. <laughs> you don't know; someone else might have done it. Uh, that's true. If, not, you know, not often. Sometimes, though. sometimes you jump in too soon, guy. No, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I chuckled when I saw this. Now, what Steve is referring to. Is the fact that, and I've got to say, everybody, I'm not copying everyone else here. I put this into the show notes at least three days ago, possibly (laughs) four days ago. Okay? Right. Now, just remember, Steve said, I chuckled when I saw this. And the fact, what he's chuckling at is the fact that Kim Jong-un uses an iMac. So (laughs) we've put put a tech news of the weird, just as North Korea... Um, um, have said that they are now at war with South Korea. (sighs) (laughs) But he's using a Mac, so there's hope. There could be hope there. This would be embarrassing if it weren't true. (laughs) Devilishly clever. (laughs) But as far as as, uh, Kim Jong-un using uh, an iMac... You know, all we have to do is that while he's sitting in his North Korean war room, that somebody walks up to him and says this. No, 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 not the wet one. Don't ever push the wet one. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. We're I got, really, I got really, one more. I got one yeah. more. We're, we're really helping kaboom. diplomatic relationships, aren't we here? An earth-shattering kaboom. <laughs> Stand by for action. Oh, drat these computers. They're so naughty and so complex. Yeah, that's what Kim Jong-un is saying. <laughs> yeah. We are about to launch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, everybody. I've oh. got a feeling that we are. Oh, oh, God. I'm getting an ice cream headache. <laughs> Oh, wait, hold on. Last one, I swear. Of course you realize this means war. (laughs) Everybody. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Now I hope that'll warn you. (laughs) Everyone, please. (laughs) Stand by. Just stand by. And we'll be right back. From the iTunes independent author Donnie Yankelow of Looking for a Dinosaur comes two new books your children will love. There's Jungle Jammin', where the animals form a band. 
Who will play what instrument? There's also Pirate Soars, where pirates and dinosaurs are combined in cool and fun ways. Both books feature full-color illustrations and rhyming sentences to keep your child thoroughly entertained. And at 99 cents, either one will break the bank. So go to iTunes and check out Pirate Soars, Jungle Jammin', and Donnie's previous children's book, Looking for a Dinosaur. Like an 80-year-old man jogging on a nudist beach, the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. second section of my <laughs> mac.com podcast um i don't know how we're gonna get through this section to be honest with you oh uh, we'll be okay that we'll was okay. that was one hell of an ending to the last <laughs> section which i really it wasn't just, expecting you know it just kind of escalated <laughs> so out of control and that's exactly the problem that's the problem with these countries declaring war on other countries it, es- it escalates it escalates it becomes untenable well, I know that if I had Kim Jong Un right in front of me, <laughs> oh, I'll try not to blow it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. This this is going to slowly get out of control once okay, again. So, squirrel. So, <laughs> you missed it. You missed it, didn't you? What? I, I know everybody what he was going to do then, but he didn't quite make it. Did you, guy? What What was I supposed to do? Squirrel. Oh, I know. I did do that. Yeah, with something afterwards. Oh, <laughs> I moved them back. I, I uh, couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Da, 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 da. Let's see. I'll, I'll see if oh, I can. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I was expecting Guy to do. <laughs> yes, and. You might ask. You might ask. You yeah. might ask. Okay, I saw an article this week, Guy. Oh, you uh, did? From Macworld. And the heading read Apple fans. Microsoft is no longer the enemy. Now, I, I kind of, I, I sat back and, and did an hmm moment. You know, I, I, I put my uh, one hand across my, my body. I put my elbow into my hand and I put my thumb and my forefinger thing on my chin and looked up to the clouds. <laughs> thinking, hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. As soon as you said thumb, I was like, oh, he's not going to say something bad. <laughs> no, okay. Say. So I thought, I, actually, since I changed to a Mac back in about 2007, I've never actually thought that Microsoft was the enemy. I mean, did you, did you in the early days of Mac, because you've been a Mac user much, much, much longer than I have, did you actually think that Microsoft was Apple's enemy? And, uh, and if, he, honestly, if he did, if he did, why? Honestly, in in many ways, um, Microsoft, as far as you know, Apple was concerned, was the Google of the day. They had taken something, and you know, and and full disclosure here, it's not like uh, Steve Jobs and and the software engineers at Apple came up with the idea <clears throat> of having. Uh, a GUI on a computer all on their own. They actually had, uh, with Xerox's permission, they, they visited the, uh, the, their park laboratories, and the, the guys that were working in Xerox had a computer that had a rudimentary graphic user interface, but Xerox was doing absolutely nothing with it. So Apple took some of the base ideas and created the original Macintosh operating system. Now, right around that same time, uh, they hired Microsoft, and I, I, I know I'm going to get some of this wrong, but they hired Microsoft to create uh, a spreadsheet and a word processor, which, of course, became Word and Excel. And in the agreement that was... So, so can I stop you there? Yeah, word, go ahead. <clears throat> word and Excel is actually Apple's fault. <laughs> yeah in some ways yes very much so sorry go on okay so in the agreement that was signed between the two companies uh there was certain intellectual property of the macintosh operating system that they basically told microsoft yeah 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 go ahead you can you can use these bits 
you know, but thinking that, okay, well, they're going to use these bits to make a word processor and a spreadsheet. However, uh, Bill Gates took a slightly broader view of that agreement and used some of that IP to create the first versions of Windows. And naturally, Jobs was, you know, much like he was with Android, you know, out of his mind. And that started... I think actually from the little bit of history that I picked up on, which is, and again, I might not be totally accurate here, but a little bit of history I picked up on is Apple actually thought that uh, Microsoft wouldn't be able to catch them up uh, and they'd be able to keep in front, whereas um, Microsoft actually, you know, pretty much overtook them and that, and that's, and they caught them out and Apple, you know, never really recovered from the fact that uh, Microsoft uh, overtook them, uh, whether it was through stealing or not. Um, you could some people say that actually uh, Steve Jobs stole stole it from Xerox, which is you know another contentious point. But well, you know, it's <coughs> it's not entirely untrue. You know, so, th- so, certainly, so, certainly. So, so moving okay. on, so okay. moving on. Do we right. get to a point where actually there is you know war between the two companies because of that? You know, there might be from Steve Jobs' point of view, and and Steve Jobs was very you know contentious when it comes to <laughs> you know his views on other companies. Yeah, you think? So is that what created, you know, the so-called war and the fact that they were, you know, supposedly enemies? Well, that was that was kind of that was kind of the start of it. Now, you have to I don't know if you ever use Windows 1, 2 or 3. <clears throat> 3. Okay. Three they were horrible. You know, the only yep. one that was usable, I think was like version 3.1. Yes. Yes. Uh, but everything prior to that was just garbage. But they went on to computers that were much less expensive than what Apple was selling to the, you know, 50% or more less expensive. So as companies started to gear up and put computers on, you know, people's desks, well, they had to go for the most bang for the buck and the most bang for the buck was windows. You know, was it as good as the Mac? No, but it was, and and this is the point of contention it was good enough yeah. to get people started. So, you know, and at during this entire time period leading up to the release of Windows 95, the, you know, the lawsuits were, were flying fast and furious. And now Apple, uh, and what people don't, don't, might not realize, Apple lost all those lawsuits with the exception of, uh, and I can't remember exactly what it was, something to do with QuickTime. Uh, they won that one, but all the rest of it that was related to the operating system outside of QuickTime, they lost all those lawsuits because they signed an agreement with Microsoft that said, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go use all that stuff. Basically giving them carte blanche to, to, <clears throat> to go ahead and, and, and use an inspired version of the, of the bits that they knew about to create Windows. So m- jumping miles forward. Okay. Do you think that that is why, when the iPhone came out, that Steve Jobs basically said, we patented the backside of this thing um, to try and make sure that they didn't get into that same scenario? And and has the iPhone era changed Apple's standing in minds of people, you know, so that, and, and certainly in the minds of people at Apple, so that they don't have to worry about what they create in the world of Mac. They can confidently create whatever is best for the operating system and the platform, not concerned uh, with the standing of the company. Because obviously, when Microsoft back in the day suddenly took over, and I think the big jump for Windows was Windows 95. Oh, that's huge. When the, yeah. that, that's where the Mac suddenly just fell completely off the, the yeah. radar. Well, they, well there, was another, there was part of another reason mm-hmm. for that as well, is that... You know, Jobs left in 85, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, Scully was n- not exactly the CEO that they should have had, but he was the guy that Jobs had picked, and he was the guy that, that kind of booted Jobs out. And for the most part, he wasn't really a tech guy. So he basically, you know, the, the Mac OS almost stood still, from System 7 until System uh, 9. Right. I'm really glad that you mentioned that. that. That's a really good point to jump in, actually, into the fact that um, 
I put here about the danger of the iOS platform being beaten up from other platforms. And in particular, obviously, we, we mean Android, which sure. means is Google the enemy? And are they the enemy? Because at this point in time, the iOS platform seems to be standing still. Now, this takes us back to the actual comment that we made in the heading of the show, uh, which is, um, you know, the fact, come on, Apple, we want stuff, you know, whether it be hardware, software, whatever it is. But are we going through a, a lull when it comes to the iOS platform? And is that a danger point for Apple, do you think? Uh, no, and, and I'll tell you why. Google is not Microsoft back in the day. And the reason why Google is not Microsoft from back in the day is that they have lost almost complete control of their own operating system. The the versions of Android that are going out on most of the high-end phones, with the exception of the Nexus line, which Google does control, is not the pure Android experience that you would get naturally from Google. So... You know, they basically threw out Android because and because you have to remember that originally, and, and this is still pretty much the case, Google doesn't doesn't really care about Android itself. They're not making money from selling Android like Microsoft sold Windows and, of course, you know, accompanying products like Office. They're getting their money on information that gets pulled into Google servers every time you use various Google products. Right. So, so the, um, so it's actually worthwhile for Google to create really good, um, applications. And it's an idea for Apple to accept Google applications into the iOS, um, ecosphere. They can't stop them. Well, no, I know they can't stop them, but it's a good idea for them to do that because if they didn't, then Google are going to make sure that the Android um, ecosphere is the one that everybody wants. And that kind of takes me back to the question I asked a little, just a few seconds ago, is a lot of people seem to be moving over to Android, whether it's be it, it's um, broken up into, you know, not a true Android experience or not, but a lot of people seem to be moving over to the Android experience yes. because they can do a lot more with it. And at this point in time, we seem to have a staid iOS platform. You know, it seems to have been the same old, same old for a few years now. And do do Apple, do you think Apple need to make uh, a jump moving forward to make things easier, to make things, you know, there there are certain applications and there are certain processes um, processes that I've seen, um, you know, being uh, dummied on YouTube saying, if only Apple could do this, you know, if right. the operating system could do this, it would be so much better. And do we expect Apple should be making those moves to make the operating system that much better. Are they, you know, they got into a little bit of lull over the past year, year and a half with the operating system. Yes. Yes, they have. But honestly, that's not necessarily uh, a bad thing because, and and I'll tell you why. One of the ways I'm sure you will. (laughs) One of the ways (laughs) that Microsoft became so very dominant was that they got onto all the desks in the in business. Now, the whole thing with Windows at the time was, and we talked about this when, when we were talking about it, I guess a couple of weeks ago, it didn't matter what the box looked like because what you saw on the screen was the same thing that you were going to see on every other screen out there. We're talking about Windows. With Android, that's not necessarily true. Because Google doesn't have any control over what all these various hardware makers put into the operating system. Some of them will work with Google Play. Some of them won't. Some of them will work with other Google services. Uh, Other ones have all those services locked out. And there's nothing Google can do to stop that. So there is, and I know this is kind of a rallying cry, but there is major fragmentation from within the Android operating system. And there isn't that kind of fragmentation in iOS. Therefore, a lot of businesses are adopting iOS as their mobile platform because they know they get 
uh, an iPhone 5 from Verizon, or they get an iPhone I, 5 I hear, from AT&T I hear, or from I hear whoever. what you're saying, Guy. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Apple has become Microsoft. Yes. <laughs> as Honestly, as far as, as, far as the, the business world goes, that's kind of where it's going. And this is a unique position for Apple because in the past, they weren't really known for being business friendly and i don't know if they had you know if these were intended intended consequences i don't think they were no i don't think i don't think it was either when ios came out but because of the the the, the crazy nature of android and the and the fact that that uh, rim has pretty much self imploded uh where else are businesses going to go where they'll have a consistent mobile platform that they can use confidently that isn't going to have major changes if they buy uh, a phone or a tablet from another company. And by another company, I mean like another carrier. Yeah, but I I don't think that makes too much of a difference because if they say, okay, we're going to have Android, but we're only going to be using X manufacturer's phones because they give us a consistent... um, process with mm-hmm. you know the android experience sure. that's pretty much the same as saying we're only going to use ios because we can only buy our phones from apple which gives us the consistent process so i it, i don't see much of a difference there between the two no there um, is a difference and uh, the difference is that company x makes uh the 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 g phone let's call it and they sell uh, 10,000 G phones to uh, Company X. And Company X says, oh, these are great. They're all the same. We can hand these out to our people, and we'll be, we'll be good to go. The next year comes out, and instead of the G+, Plus, they have uh, the GX phone. And they've made some, some changes to the, the Google operating system, Android, because they're not looking at company A's sale of 10,000 phones to be all that important. They're looking at selling 100,000, a million, you know, 10 million phones. And so they throw in more features that they think is going to get them more sales in the retail market. But now company A, who has invested all this time and money in, in teaching their salespeople how to use the, uh, the G plus phone can no longer get it because it's no longer being sold and the replacement for the G plus phone isn't anything like the, the phone that they had to begin with. Yeah. Did, I, were you I, able to follow that? I, that was all yeah, stream was, of consciousness no, and my I brain was, hurts now. <laughs> yeah, that was zippy. Um, <laughs> and definitely I think my head's going to, it's going to explode. Yeah, well, I, but I, I, I'm still not sure that's completely the case, but I see exactly where you're coming from. I still think there's room um, for a few platforms in both computing sure. and smartphone arenas. Oh, there's plenty of room. And the word enemy, is it really a term we should be using these days? So many times I hear, not the word enemy, but I hear the phrase competition is good. Oh, competition that- is good. The problem, But you have to remember how Android started. Android originally was a BlackBerry clone. It was supposed to look like the BlackBerry operating system. And if you go back to uh, Google Images from 2005, 2006, that's what the Android looked like. And then you had Eric Schmidt. At that point, they were actually chasing, they were all concerned about Microsoft and what Microsoft would be doing with the phone. Yeah. Um, Well, with Balmer Balmer in charge of Microsoft, you have no worries. (laughs) And I'm I'm not being, I'm not trying to be funny when I say that. I am not at all worried about Microsoft as long as Steve Ballmer is in charge of that company. So, so okay, so we don't think that Apple really has any real enemies. You know, they, they seem to be doing okay for themselves. So oh, they're doing great, it, but Google uh, so, is their enemy. Well, I, you see, I disagree with you there. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that they are really their enemy because Google wants as many of its applications on the iOS platform sure. as it possibly can. And it knows... They know that people spend money on the iOS platform. So their advertisers want to know how many hits they're getting through that platform because that's where a lot of the money is. Not all of it, but a lot of the money is. And that's where a lot of the spend is. So as far as Google are concerned, they're no enemy. You know, from their perspective, 
they'd like to hold hands with Apple. And it's just whether Apple, you know, say, okay, you know, it's not a problem, just bring it on board. But it, the actual article that sparked all of this off ends up by saying, is an Apple its own real enemy? Is it its own enemy? Is it is itself the enemy which is going to create a problem in the future? Well, that's but that's I, always I, the case. That's the case for every single company out there. You get people. You get people in positions of power in uh, whatever company, and uh, in order to make a change for the sake of change, they do something colossally stupid. Like, say, for example, uh, putting a very well, what, similar operating or, system on your tablet and desktop OSs. In, Incredibly stupid, <laughs> or whatever it was that Rim didn't do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but Google, you have to remember that Eric Schmidt was on Apple's board, and you know the iPhone would have stood alone as the premier smartphone if Eric Schmidt hadn't gotten an advanced look at what iOS was going to be and take those ideas. And let's face it, that's exactly what he did. He took the ideas that he saw in the iPhone and had them change Android to, to, uh, what's a good word? Ape it, uh, uh, caress the, uh, the, the look and feel of what iOS was. But at the same time, I have to say that iOS, uh, iOS one as compared to iOS six, isn't what, it originally was supposed to be either. You know, originally we the only apps that you were going to have were going to be HTML5 type type apps and they were all going to be like web apps. And you know, that fortunately went out the window and we have this this rich environment <clears throat> excuse me, we have this rich environment of applications for iOS now. But what would Android look like today if Eric Schmidt hadn't seen the earlier versions of the iPhone, would they be where they are today if he hadn't seen those? I've got a feeling they wouldn't be far behind, to be honest with you, because Google knew that they had to get a mobile platform out there. Sure. Uh, and I think they would have reacted fairly quickly, even if they didn't, um, if they weren't, they probably would be about two years behind. Yeah. But, but think about, but, think about but, how much money but, Apple makes off of iOS each year. How much money would how much more money would they have made I'll if they what, had a two-year head I'll start? What, I'll tell you what. I think they make a damn sort more more money not off our iOS but off the iPhone itself. Oh, you're talking about in apps? Yeah, in hardware. Where oh, sure, hardware sure, sure. sales over over app sales. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they they make a damn sight more money over the hardware sales. Oh, absolutely, no doubt. You know, I mean, Apple is still making money hand over fist. So, so going back to the very start, then going back to the <laughs> oh, very start. Well, I can't remember that far. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to round us back up there. Okay. We we call this we call this episode. Come on, Apple. We want stuff. So, do we need stuff from Apple at the moment? Do do Apple need to be producing stuff, whether it be on the iOS platform, whether it be on the Mac platform, um, whether it be new hardware of any description on either platform? Do we need stuff? Do they need to be producing stuff to move forward, irrespective of any share share price? I'm not yeah, thinking. Yeah, I, I don't care about share price. Um, yeah, I don't care about that. I'm not worried about those those platforms. Do they need to be bringing stuff for the everyday consumer to keep? Um, their high profile and position in people's minds up there. Yes. Yes. And uh, I think that uh, a, a a greater release of iOS based products uh, would be, would be wonderful. Something I would love to see from Apple would be something like a, <clears throat> a, a like a real digital hub that you would have uh, in your living room where you'd have a box that basically is like the Apple TV and you have four HDMI inputs into it. So your video games, your Blu-ray players, your DVD players, you know, whatever it is that, you, that that is external from the television set would come into the Apple TV and then with a single cable out from that go into the TV set. So, and then you could actually have a, a fantastic remote control and i know logitech uh had been working on something like this 
where you you plug your remote control in, you tell it what devices it is that, that's hooked up into it, and it configures the remote for you. So yeah. no fumbling yeah. with buttons. Yeah. And if there's one thing that Apple does really, really well is user interface. And that's the kind of stuff that they need to be working on. Not so much on the Mac side, because honestly, I think the Mac is pretty much as good as it's going to be yeah. with this yeah. version of OS X. But there's so much room for improvement, not only f- with iOS as a platform, but with complementary devices that they could be selling with iOS on it. So I would so, love to see like a digital hub. So, I, so, yeah, so, go ahead. so for them to keep pushing themselves going forward, we kind of agree with the fact that everybody says they're going to come out with a TV. Now it may not be a TV, no. but you're kind of, you're kind of hinting down. It may center around the TV as yes. being part of that home um, entertainment system that they really ought to get a grip on. Yeah. Can I, can I tell you a real quick story? Go on, go on. And then I think we'll, we'll, okay. I went, we'll, we'll kick it into touch after that because it's going long now. It but is, yeah. You, it is. you tell us this story. Go on. Wait. And then, and then we'll, and then we <laughs> oh, shut to up. The main event, and then we'll get to the main event. <laughs> will you let me finish? And we might have a, <laughs> when, uh, when I went to Mac, Room, ask. as you know, I go to my friend Dave's house, he and his wife Joyce in Ohio. Well, he had just bought, it was a Samsung 55-inch, you know, top-of-the-line TV, uh, which surprised me because he doesn't usually do things like that, along with a Samsung Blu-ray player, um, uh, his his uh, satellite TV service, I mean, just all this stuff. And it was all supposed to be connected. It was all supposed to be smart. And, you know, Samsung has this thing called smart TV. It None of it worked together. You know, it it was horrible, a terrible interface, a terrible user, you know, the, the, the way things should work, didn't work. And it was frustrating just to try to do something as simple as, as play a, a, a uh, Blu-ray disc. And I sat there and I looked at this and I thought that, you know, and here's Apple. You know, everyone's saying, oh, they got to come out with a TV. They got to come out with a TV. And no, they don't because the TV is just a screen. What Apple needs to come out with is something that works with that TV, something better than what we currently have with the Apple TV that'll take all of these different pieces that we have with our entertainment centers and make them work together. I must admit that one thing that winds me up no end, it's having a smart TV. I I want a dumb TV that I can make smart. With a smart interface. Yeah, no, no, I want a dumb TV that, switches on, goes to the program and, and the channel I want, but if I want it to become smart, I'm the one in control. I'm not sitting waiting for a damn booting up TV. Right. That winds me up. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's um, keep out of it, Apple, because you'll try and make it too clever like these other, other companies are doing. Or get in there and make it simpler, unlike these other companies. Right. And don't bother with the TV set itself because they're about like with like with OS ten, they're about as good as they're gonna get. I agree with that, definitely. Work on the interface. Okay. So I think I think that's pretty much uh, done whatever that was, that section. <laughs> this this has been a really interesting show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't know how anybody, everybody else is gonna like it, but I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> and that's the important thing, guy. It is, it is. Shall I take us out? Please, before I say something else. Stand by. Again. Just stand by. <laughs> and we'll be, well, back in a little while. This is important message. Hello, I'm Mike McPeak from Bard on the Plains podcast. Growing up on the plains of South Dakota, I used to listen to my dad tell stories about his life. I never had a chance to record any of these, but I realized that everyone has a story to tell. And that's what I try to do on this podcast, tell anecdotes of my own and have other people tell their stories in their words and in their voice. So please listen to Bard on the Plains podcast. It's about stories, mine and yours. adoptive sons of Ugandan headhunters. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Genius! That's what a new seared genius!
yet. <laughs> and welcome, everyone, to the third section, apparently now, of the MyPack.com podcast. Hey, Gaz. Yes. Ah, uh, what have you got for us? I, I know you must have something that's really good this week, because you know what my head is doing right now? It's it. Gaz's tips. Mostly. Gaz's tips. Mostly. Gaz's tips. It's time for Gaz's tip. I swear, I dance in my chair every time I hear those songs. <laughs> Brilliant, isn't it? Okay, I've got two quick Mac keyboard shortcuts for you here. Um, everybody should know about command. In fact, if you don't know about this first one, I'm giving you three, but I'm <laughs> sure that you do. You should know about the fact that if you press command plus shift and three, the number three at the same time, that takes a screenshot of your current screen, the entire screen, pretty much like print screen does on the window side and dumps a copy of that image onto your desktop. Okay. Yeah. Well, did you know that by pressing command control, shift and three that does exactly the same thing duh why do you need it but it leaves it in the clipboard waiting for you to paste it wherever you need it that so is cool and command you, would, shift you know about one. command shift four right yes command shift four gives you a little um uh arrow it gives you the the crosshairs doesn't it so you can then select the screen right okay now my next one is um, if you've got an application uh, that's up and it's like a Google search for the present that you're going to buy your nearest and dearest and she suddenly walks into the room, if you press Command and H, it hides the current application, whichever is highlighted at the time. Yeah, shopping basket. That's what I'll have on my screen when my wife walks in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I don't want her to see. <laughs> www.naughtyshopping.com. Okay. It might be used for other instances. <laughs> ah. But I didn't want to highlight that fact. Command plus H. It's all coming together now. <laughs> that is it's listen. It. That's the end of Gaz's tips. tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's tips. That's the end of Gaz's tips. Okay, is that the, uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? Gaz's tips. <laughs> Do you have an app for us this week? I do, actually. Um, I'm, I can't remember whether I've mentioned this before, so I apologize if I have. But if you want to declutter your desktop, I mean, this app doesn't actually declutter your desktop, <laughs> but it, it, it kind of clears everything onto your desktop onto one, uh, either a picture that you've chosen within this particular application or just a plain color. Um, it's called Backdrop. It's free. It's in the App Store. And basically, when you start this app off, it will just get rid of, obviously, all of your applications. You can set the preferences so that it just leaves one application in the front. But I do it so it hides all the applications. And more importantly, it hides all of those icons that you have on your desktop. And I use it in two scenarios one where i want to concentrate on just one thing and this kind of gives you a blank canvas and also i've used it whenever i've done a screencast because then it obviously clears everything off my desktops and you know it people who are watching the screencast don't think hmm what's that folder he's got on there what's that little application he's got on there <laughs> <laughs> so go over have a look at backdrop uh, and i'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's free. It was free, I think, when I got it, and I think it's still free. Uh, simple little application. And uh, I have a free application this week as well. And, it, and again, this is one that I've I've talked about on the show before, uh, but it's been updated. It's Robot Wants Kitty, and it is free. Uh, but if if please take my advice, this is the, probably one of the few times I will tell you this is a great in-app purchase there's actually two one in-app purchase will get you a bunch of other levels that are you know made by the company and then the second in-app purchases will get you this thing called kitty connect and kitty connect will will basically give you access to all of the mazes that other people have also made and there's hundreds of them there's a huge number of them and the, the main reason why I'm talking about this again is they just recently updated 
and there's a bunch of new monsters in there, and it's just great. More fun can't be had on this side of a grumpy cat. So that's Robot Wants Kitty. Uh, free, and it'll cost you $1.99 for the two in-app purchases that I just talked about. Nice. Now, we've got a people's pick. Yes. So don't get too excited. <laughs> okay. No, the fact that we've got one. Oh, 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 okay. okay. Um, basically, this, come, this comes from Ryan Walden. Thank you, and Ryan. It's, it, he says that this is the best calendaring option available for the iPad, and it's called Week Calendar HD. Now, I've not seen this particular application because, as you well know, Guy, I've been rather busy this Just weekend. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But uh, take it from Ryan. He says it's an absolutely uh, great calendaring apps, uh, application, uh, especially on your iPad. So go and take a look. There will be a link in the show notes. Week Calendar HD. Yeah, as far as picks go, that's kind of weak. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and, um, uh, let's see. <laughs> I almost started talking about our Facebook page. Wow. I am tired. <laughs> you are tired. Yeah, so there's no new Google. Uh, Google. There is no new iTunes reviews this week. Wow. Holy crap. Please, if you get the chance, uh, not based on this section of the show, but the, the previous section where I was actually articulate. Um, please send us a, a an iTunes That's review. What you think? <laughs> I'll listen back to it and go, "What the hell was I thinking?" Uh, please send us an iTunes review, and you will get something a, a, amazing and wild from me. Just wild, baby, and that's a wooty. And if you don't know what a wooty is, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> that's uh, it's not, it had nothing to do with owls. Oh. Yo yo, you obviously like owls. <laughs> <laughs> or no, it's not yo yo. It's yolo. Oh, I'm like totally screwing things up right now. Um, if you if if you put in an iTunes review, I'll send you a wordy and a specialized email right from the heart, and you will love it. And if you don't, well, that's not my problem. Anyway, okay. we've if, mentioned at the start of the show. <laughs> Seems a long, long time. It was ago, so long ago. About contacting us with reference to a competition. So if you need to contact us, reference that competition or reference the fact that you've done an iTunes review so you can get your wooty from Guy. <gasps> <sighs> Guy. Yeah. How are they going to do that? Well, they can contact me by going into their email program and typing in the following letters Guy at mymac.com. Or they could send me a message via this really cool thing that all the cool kids do called Twitter. And it's twitter.com forward slash MacParrot. <laughs> and if they wanted to get a hold of you to enter uh, the contest and, and just put the, the word Donnie in the header so that we would know it was for the contest <laughs> or that they had sent an iTunes review how would they get a hold of you, Gaz? Oh, dear. You butchered that, didn't you? Yeah, they pretty would, much. They would do it by writing in the to uh, field of their email uh, client <laughs> of choice, gaz at mymac.com. That's G-A-Z. Z. At mymac.com. You can also contact me on the Twitters, twitter.com forward slash, forward slash, slash. forward slash, gazmaz, G-A-Z. Z. M-A-Z. Zerd. You can also contact both Guy and myself on the Twitters, uh, twitter.com forward slash Guy and Gaz. That's G-U-Y-A-N-D-G-A-Z. You can also contact us via feedback at mymac.com. That particular email goes through to fearless leader Tim. And if you want to tell him what you think of us, <laughs> you're more than welcome to do so. Yeah, we're okay with it. You can also contact a Skype number, and I believe that you have to dial plus one if you're outside of the US. Yes. So it's, be... so it's plus one, <laughs> and the number is, Guy? 703-436-9501. So that's plus one, 703-436-9501. Call the number, and you can 
have a have us play it like we did <laughs> Mike McPeaks. Guy. Yeah. Guy. I think this wasn't the best show that we've ever done. Oh, it was great. And I think that we're not good enough. We're fantastic. We're not smart enough. Okay, I got, you got uh, me there. And doggone it, people don't really like us. Oh, they do like us. They love us. And thank you all for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. We have absolutely no idea why you do so, but please continue to do so. <laughs> and the last thing I have to say is Kartam pronounced Hartam. <laughs> Oh, the pronounced part wasn't part of it. Thanks for downloading this podcast. You can also find other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network, like the Tech Fan Podcast, Three Geeky Ladies, Not Another Mac Podcast, The Mac Specialist Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, The Teacher Cast Podcast, The Apple Junkies Podcast, and the All New App Minute Podcast. The next kid to call me Meester, I'm going to knock right back on their keister. Uh, a little violent is true, but what else can I do? You try finding rhymes with Easter. <laughs>